When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every writer that you meet will have that one script. That one script that is their heart and soul that they love so very much that has not been discovered yet. That's what this podcast is all about. We find those scripts, these unbelievably original gems, and we bring them to life with a table read of professional actors. Welcome to Undiscovered Scripts, Movies Made of Paper. everyone, welcome to episode four of Back to Back to Future. The DeLorean rolls up to the parking lot of the United Methodist Church, aka Enchantment Under the Sea set. A guard waves them through. You could park with the other picture cars behind the church. Thanks. As they park the DeLorean, Pike and Marty continue to talk. So we should tell Bob and Steven that Fox is sick. Why would he just disappear if he was sick? We have to come up with something. Where could he be? Just then, Marty spots something familiar. You gotta be kidding me. Marty and Pike get out of the DeLorean and see a lineup of cars to be used in the movie. Marty stares at one in particular, a two-tone Oldsmobile coupe. What is it, Marty? Marty shakes his head and moves to the trunk, knocks on it. From inside the trunk, a voice can be heard. Hello? Is someone there? Great Scott! Pike? Pike? Is that you? Michael? Hold on, we're gonna get you out. How, how did you know he would be in the script? Nobody ever accused Stoltz of being original. The keys, they're inside the trunk. I know, I know. Pike gets a crowbar from the back of the DeLorean and jams it between the trunk and the bumper. Be careful. Right. Marty and Pike pry the trunk open. Yeah, come on. Fox emerges. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I was getting ready to go on stage and then I woke up in the trunk. Fox reaches for the back of his head and feels a bump. How? Who would do that? Back inside the Enchantment Under the Sea set, Eric Stoltz is on stage rehearsing Earth Angel with Starlighters. Through a video monitor, Spielberg and Zemeckis look on when Fox appears, slightly out of breath. Michael! I'm so sorry, Bob. Are you okay? I, I thought you'd quit on us. No, no, I, I got hit in the head and... Thomas Wilson barrels into Fox. Oh my God, you're okay? Thank God! Someone hit you? That's terrible! I'm okay, I'm, I'm gonna be fine. Okay, okay! Wilson is getting a little choked up. It's okay, Tom. I was worried. It's okay, Tom. Steven... Uh, Tom, why don't you go to your trailer and pull yourself together, huh? Tom nods his head and has a moment with Fox and walks off. Zemeckis turns to Fox. Do you need a medic? No, I'm fine. Well, let's get you mic'd up. Zemeckis grabs the assistant director's attention. The assistant director sees Fox and nods. She calls through the bullhorn. Cut! Cut! Eric! (laughs) Can you please report to your dressing room? Stoltz looks like a kid who just got in trouble. Marty and Pike are watching from a distance. 
So, do people like it? Marty tilts his head, not sure of the question. The movie. They adore it. It's one of the most popular movies of the decade. They make a sequel that takes place in the future. Don't tell me too much. I just hope the sequel isn't as hard to make as this. Backstage, Stoltz is talking to Casey Samosco and Billy Zane, the actors who play 3D and Match, respectively. So you guys hear about the new scene? Zane and Zamasco look confused. They're changing things up a bit. You know how Fox is playing Marty now, right? I heard something like that. Well, I'm going to be one of Biff's goons now. Cool. What's your name? I don't know. Zamasco points to his 3D glasses. That's the whole thing, you see. I'm 3D. Zane motions to the match dangling from his mouth. Match? Yeah, okay, I'm, uh, red. Hmm. Can't see your hair? Uh, yeah. Awesome. So, here's the scene. In the back of the set, away from the camera, Pike and Marty are looking at Marty's phone. But the picture isn't changing yet. I don't understand. Marty looks off, thinking... This is an oldie where I come from. All right, guys, this is a blues riff in B. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Fox starts playing Johnny B. Good. Marty, I don't know what's going on, but the picture should have started changing by now. Marty watches as Fox plays Johnny B. Good. He's temporarily distracted by how well Fox is playing. Then he notices offstage, Stoltz, Zane, and Zamasco. They appear ready to jump Fox as soon as he walks off the stage. Marty can't believe what he's seeing. He turns to Pike. I'll be right back. A paradox, Marty. Got it. Marty sneaks backstage through the side door. Once backstage, he eyes the three goons as he looks around for sandbags in the rafters. He spots them and shakes his head in disbelief as he begins to climb a ladder. Fox continues to wail Johnny Be Good as Stoltz and company look on. Just as Marty leaves frame, Harry walks over to the telephone to make his call. Marty is climbing overhead in the rafters and Fox continues to play. As the song crescendos, Marty reaches forward and grabs a rope and pulls it loose to free a cluster of sandbags that come tumbling down on Stoltz as Zane and Zamesco step back in disbelief. The last chord echoes through the hall as Zane and Zamesco stare at Stoltz groaning on the floor. Oh, oh. <laughs> that ain't good. Marty does a quiet celebration in the yes. fly loft as Fox continues his lines. I guess you guys aren't ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. Marty climbs down from the fly loft over Stoltz. He looks to Zane and Zamesco, smiles and disappears, and Fox walks off stage a second later. Fox looks down to see Stoltz. Cut! Everyone applauds. (laughs) Marty finds Pike through the applauding crowd. Spielberg, Zemeckis, and Gale can be seen grinning and congratulating each other by Video Village. Marty is checking his phone. Yes! He shows the image to Pike, which is coming back faster than ever. Marty, this is it. It's time to go forward to your present. Isn't it back to the future? You're not going back. You're going forward. And it's only my future, not yours. Do you want me to say forward to my future? You're really taking the fun out of this for me. The DeLorean peels out of the church parking lot and down Franklin Street. 
Inside the Enchantment Under the Sea set later, Spielberg, Zemeckis, and Gale are talking to Fox. Really great work, Michael. I, I think we really got something. Stoltz is being rolled out on a stretcher by paramedics. Police are near questioning Zane and Zemesco. Yeah, the sandbags, they just came out of nowhere. It was like it was out of a movie or something. Spielberg listens intently. Meanwhile, the DeLorean pulls into the Universal Studios backlot as Clipboard Guy throws his arms up in the air. The set is buzzing with personnel now as the cameras are in place for the scene. Where'd you go? Minor bug needed fixing. Great. Are we ready to go now? You ready for the show of your life? I am. I am. As Marty and Pike drive the DeLorean to its place, Pike says, Let's set your destination time. This is the exact moment you left. The time circuit reads 1.35 a.m. Minus 10 minutes. Pike makes adjustments to the time circuit and rolls it back to 1.25 a.m. Minus 10 minutes. Now, you'll start from here. I'll be at the end of the street, sparking the electrical charge by the clock tower. How long I when to go? When they call action. Right. Pike turns on the flux capacitor, which comes with precision. Then Pike hops out of the car and Marty follows. Art department assistants are placing a long pole with a hook onto the DeLorean. Places, everyone! A wind machine starts up, making it very difficult for Marty and Pike to hear each other. Thanks! Thanks, you! The two embrace! Back behind the camera, Christopher Lloyd turns to the second unit director, Frank Marshall. Oh, they're very close. I see. A production van pulls up and Spielberg, Gale, and Zemeckis get out. Frank Marshall is not thrilled that the first unit is here. Great. Places, please! Back at the DeLorean. See you in about 30 years! I hope so! A lightning effect throws flashes of light onto their faces. Marty smiles. This is just like in the movie! This is the movie! The assistant director is now on top of them with the megaphone. Marty hops back into the DeLorean. Pike runs to the clock tower. Marty turns on the DeLorean. Okay, here we go, everyone. Marty can see Pike from a distance, standing at the base of the clock tower with a switch box. Pike gives Marty a thumbs up. Marty waves in return. Action! Marty stomps on the brake. The gas starts revving up the DeLorean in place. Smoke and screeching sounds fill the air. Marty grips the steering wheel tightly. So dramatic. Pike smiles. The DeLorean peels off down the street in what seems like a blazing speed. But another look reveals that it's not going very fast at all. The speedometer is reading 44 miles per hour. Clipboard guy says... What a piece of shit. Pike is standing by to flip the switch when the light on the box goes out. Pike looks down, confused. He looks behind him and sees Bob Gale has tripped over the extension cord. Whoops, my bad. Great Scott! Marty's approaching the tripwire faster and faster. Pike flips on the switch, leaps back towards the extension cords, and brings them together with a spark just as the DeLorean hits the tripwire, sending sparks and flashes down the tripwire from the clock tower all the way to the point of contact as the DeLorean disappears, leaving only two flaming tire tracks. Pike is stunned for a minute, staring at what just happened. Everyone in the crew is staring at the flaming tire tracks where the car used to be. Frank Marshall keeps looking from the monitor back to the street and back again. That was what an hell of an effect. Christopher Lloyd walks towards the tire tracks. Everyone is still staring in disbelief. Clipboard guy actually drops his clipboard. How the hell did you do that? 
<laughs> the assistant director looks around to anyone she can find. How did you do that? Pike, still in disbelief himself, pulls himself together and yells out, Mirrors. Christopher Lloyd mutters to himself, Mirrors. As he walks down the tire track path and starts celebrating just as in the original movie, Frank Marshall is staring at the monitor. Keep rolling. Roll on this. Keep rolling. Christopher Lloyd lets out a celebratory yell just like in the movie. Yes. Frank Marshall smiles. This is great. And finally. Holy shit. Frank Marshall shrugs. We got it. Cut. Cut. Everyone in the crew erupts in cheers and they all start dancing in the flame tire tracks, congratulating Pike. Pike smiles and looks up at the clock tower. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back to Marty's present at the Universal Studios Backlot 2015. We can see the DeLorean crashed into the town cinema storefront. A drunk security guard with a flask in his hand and a blank look dumps the remainder of the flask into a trash can. The DeLorean pulls out from the storefront and drives down the back lot. As Marty drives, he is looking around. There are movie posters for Jurassic World and Fast and the Furious 8. Marty pounds on the wheel with excitement as he passes a poster for the new Weird Science reboot. What? He shakes his head. The DeLorean pulls up to the gate and a security guard who is flailing his arms around. Whoa, 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 Marty McFly. Where do you think you're going with that? It's not what you think. It looks like you're stealing a time-traveling DeLorean is what it looks like. Wait, wait a minute. Isn't that thing supposed to be in Hollywood right now? The guard starts flipping through a chart. Marty checks his phone, which says it's 1.26 a.m. Marty tries to call himself, which only results in dialing his voicemail. Please enter your passcode. Damn it. Marty hangs up and tries to dial his dad. All right, folks, this is where it all comes together. Do you remember that scene at the beginning of the movie when Mr. Hadler's phone rang while they sat in the DeLorean and he pulls it out of his shirt pocket and sees that it's Marty and says, I think you just butt-dialed me. Well, we're back to that. Marty, still at the Universal Studios gate, looks down at his phone to see that the call has been disconnected. Sir, I'm sorry, I have to go. No, 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 you're not going anywhere. Marty rolls up the window and hesitantly pushes the gate forward until it starts to bend. The security guard pulls out his pepper spray and sprays the window. Security! Security! Marty breaks through the gate. Hey, no, 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 you didn't! Marty is racing down the freeway at night. The DeLorean races down the empty 101 freeway. Marty checks his phone again. It's 1.31 a.m. He floors it. Back at the arc-like cinemas, as we've seen before, Marty and his dad both sprint through the courtyard. The car thieves are right behind them. Our time-traveling DeLorean screeches past the United Methodist Church. As we've seen before, Marty checks his pockets for the keys and realizes he doesn't have them. At the end of the street, the time-traveling DeLorean careens around the corner to see one of the thieves' tool bag pointing a gun at Mr. Hadler. Inside the DeLorean, 1995, Marty looks on in horror as he accelerates. No! The guy with the tool bag stops in his tracks, looks at the DeLorean racing towards him. Marty slams on the brakes. The tires screech before hitting the tool bag guy, sending him airborne as two shots from the gun ring out. 2015, Marty freezes in horror. Headlights from a van turn on Marty as the van accelerates towards him. Time-traveling Marty is checking on his father. You just hit that guy! The guy with the tool bag is on the ground, knocked out. I know. In a DeLorean! I know! That was quick! How did you... Before Mr. Hadler can finish his question, a flash of light and a booming 
sound of time travel comes from the top of the street. They both look up to see the DeLorean disappear, and the van that was following slam on its brake and skid into a street lamp. Mr. Hadler slides back startled. What was that? I missed you, Dad. You missed me? I just saw you running up. Mr. Hadler pauses, thinking about it for a moment. Sirens and flashing blue lights are everywhere as police cars surround Marty and Mr. Hadler. Officers get out of their vehicles and draw their weapons. Freeze! Marty and Mr. Hadler put up their hands. A voice from the shadow speaks. I saw the whole thing. These men were trying to stop those thieves. The shadowy witness points towards the tool bag guy and the van. Another officer picks up the gun off the ground as they cuff the tool bag guy. More officers surround the crashed van. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Are you both okay? Marty and Mr. Hadler nod. Next time, try not to be a hero. These guys had guns, okay? Easy way to get yourself killed. Yes, sir. We're going to need your info. The officer motions to the witness. You too, sir. Need your info. Of course. The witness comes into the headlights to reveal... Pike! Pike, looking a bit older, but still good, smiles widely at Marty. The officers have moved their attention to tool bag guy and sunglass guy. One officer collects IDs from Marty, Mr. Handler, and Pike. Hi, Marty. Marty hugs Pike. Mr. Handler is confused. You two know each other? We've known each other for 30 years. How did you know? I wouldn't have missed this for the world. I wanted to make sure your dad was okay, too. Pike looks around before flashing a stun gun under his coat. I'm sure glad I didn't have to alter the course of history again. I don't even really know how to use this thing. Mr. Hadler straightens up as the officer comes back to return their IDs. Thank you, officer. The officer nods and moves back to her car. I'm sorry. Who are you? Kevin Pike, sir. Your son is right. You do look like Michael J. Fox. Mr. Hadler turns to Marty and back to Pike, confused. Thanks? And your son is a time-traveling genius. What did you say? Are you looking forward to the premiere tomorrow night? Yeah. What did you say about Marty? Pike pulls out VIP passes from his jacket. I just so happen to have five VIP passes to the show if you're interested. It's the Back to the Future red carpet. Sunset Boulevard is packed with people. Spotlights fill the air. Huey Lewis in the News is playing Back in Time live. Spielberg, Zemeckis, Gale, Lloyd, Thomas F. Wilson, and Michael J. Fox are there. Even Stoltz with two hot girls draped on his arms. Wilson is almost in tears about how happy he is. The Hadlers are all together. Mr. Hadler pulls Marty into the side where they take a last look at the DeLorean in its rightful home. I'm not sure what happened last night, but I'm pretty sure your passion has taken you farther than you thought it would. Marty smiles and hugs his dad. Pike and the rest of the family joins him. Oh, it's so exciting that you asked Marty to do work with you, Mr. Pike. Oh, he is a big fan. Well, we all are. Well, when I met him last night, I knew he was the right guy for the job. Michael J. Fox throws his arms around Pike. Good to see you, buddy. Pike motions for Marty to disappear, as it wouldn't be a good idea for Michael J. Fox to see Marty having not aged at all. Michael, I'd like to introduce you to Mrs. Hadler. Hello! Mrs. Hadler just stares. Obviously still has a crush on him. <laughs> Your family is such a big fan of ours. <laughs> Fox looks confused. Uh, no, my family, I'm sorry, my family is such a big fan of yours. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, oh, these are my boys, uh, Clint and uh, Parker. <laughs> Fox rubs their heads. Hey, you fellas. And this is, this is my husband. 
Spock shakes hands with Mr. Hadler. Standing next to each other, they look very similar. Good-looking man. Oh, 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 you have to meet my son, Marty. Uh Well, I'm around all night. Fox smiles and nods as he walks down the red carpet, mauled by fans. (gasps) That was Michael J. Fox. I know. (laughs) Mr. Hadler is almost as excited as Mrs. Hadler. Marty pushes his way back through the crowd to get to his family. Marty, you just missed Michael J. Fox. (laughs) Pike interjects. I'll introduce you later. Marty's two little brothers are so excited. Dude, this movie is gonna be awesome! I want popcorn! Okay, 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 settle, boys. Settle down. We don't want to be late. Pike leads Marty and the rest of the Hadlers down the red carpet through the screaming fans. Once everyone is settled in their seats, the cast and crew of Back to the Future are standing in front of a packed audience. Marty, Pike, and Mr. Hadler take their seats with the rest of the family. Thank you all so much for coming. 30 years! There's so many people that helped with this movie over the years, but uh, Michael just recently told us about someone who helped more than we knew. I came across an old VHS tape that a friend made for me. He was a stuntman, and really, my acting coach for the first few days of production, until he died in a horrible accident while filming a stunt on a hot air balloon. Marty looks over to Pike. Pike shrugs. He was a great kid, and he, uh, he helped us out a lot. I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Fox motions to the projectionist to start the tape. VHS footage is projected onto the screen of Marty in the dressing room trailer. Okay, Michael. So you're doing great. I just went through the script and thought I'd go over some ideas for some new ad-libs and such. Clips of Marty doing lines from Back to the Future with a perfect impression of Michael J. Fox. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that my mother has got the hots for me? Back in the theater, Mr. Hadler, Clint, and Parker are shocked. They lean over to Marty, who slinks down in his seat. Back on the screen? Doc, uh, look me up when you get there. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Have a DeLorean? Back in the theater, Pike nudges Marty. Back on the screen, Marty says, If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Marty continues to quote the most famous lines from the movie. Zemeckis leans into Spielberg. I forgot how good he was. Back on the screen. He's a peeping Tom. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need. Back in the theater, Christopher Lloyd nods with approval. The screen goes to black and the audience erupts in applause. The movie begins. Marty leans over to Pike. How did the sequels go? Good, good. We're thinking about doing a party like this for Bark to the Future next year. Marty looks forward, eyes widening as the Back to the Future theme starts to play and the famous title card flashes over the screen. To be continued. Thanks for listening, everyone, to our episode four of Back to Back to the Future. We have an interview with a writer coming up in episode five. Tune in. For more information about this script, along with details of the cast and crew, please visit our website at moviesmadeofpaper.com.